This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. I have another guest here today that I am really looking forward to diving in with. I am so excited to welcome Andy Jewett to the show. Andy is the SVP of Business Development for AMP Agency. AMP Agency is a full-service digital advertising agency who helps tell the stories of some of the most iconic brands in the world. And I'm talking about tech, consumer goods, professional services, entertainment, healthcare, and more. And their clients, well, they're the leaders in each of these fields. And while advertising agencies have experienced massive change in the last 50 years, as the person leading the sales effort for AMP Agency, Andy's a modern day version of everything that was good about Don Draper from Mad Men. And for me, that fires me up for our conversation today. Andy's built a wildly successful team based on the ability to sell through stories. Her success and the success of her team literally comes down to their ability to tell a story that inspires in ways nobody else had been able to do. And as you guys already know, storytelling is a topic that's never been more important than it is right now. And because of that, we've had some great conversations with some experts about storytelling that have been game changers for our listeners all around the world. But Andy is the first sales leader we've brought on who primarily sells through stories. So her perspective is going to be different. Her perspective is one I'm super excited about. She's an expert in crafting stories that win and win big. And the accolades she wins? It's the business of some of the most respected brands in the world turning to AMP agency because of the power of these stories. And when I say big, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about LinkedIn, Zillow, McGraw-Hill, Caesar Resorts, Amazon, Meta, Hasbro, Nike, Disney, Xbox, Honda, DirecTV, and even Kaiser Permanente. And these are just some of the brands she's allowed me to mention. 
So I'm, if you can't tell, I'm pumped. Like I'm really excited for this one. We are going to chop this up. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm excited to get this one started. I hope it lights a fire with every one of you. It's going to be fun. It's going to be insightful. I cannot wait to get started. Andy, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Wow. What an intro. Very excited to be here, Rob. Well, I'm excited. Like um, storytelling is top of mind. It's it's something that people are talking about. We've had some great people on here that are experts in putting frameworks together. But man, when when I was introduced to you and, and you lead through storytelling and you sell through storytelling at a high, high level, like I couldn't get you on fast enough. So thank you for joining us today. Um, why don't you start by introducing yourself and uh, what you and AMP Agency do for your customers? Absolutely. So hello, everyone. Um, my name is Andy Jewett. Um, I am the SVP of business development for AMP Agency. I've been at AMP for about eight years. Um, actually, I'm a boomeranger, left and came back. My my boss li likes to call that time my sabbatical, <laughs> but <Let's> I <laughs> <go. laughs> couldn't get enough. Um, but I've been in advertising my entire career um, and just love to see how agencies grow and evolve, especially at AMP. You know, we started when I uh, first started, we were one office, and now we're all over the country. Um, you know, we're a multidiscipline, digital-first agency, so we're truly end-to-end -end and do it all. Um, so what I like to always say is we bring together different subject matter experts across media, strategy, um, experiential, social, and we are coming up with integrated, unconventional solutions that are going to drive our clients' business forward. Um, we work with br brands, really, as, as you said. Um, quite on the spectrum when it comes to size and industry. So we love to really roll up our sleeves, get very much embedded in their business and help them grow where they want to grow. I love it. And clearly you're doing it with great success. Like I've always said that um, your greatest differentiators are the companies who choose you and not your competitors, because like that's a huge differentiator. They chose you and there's three or four others they might've chosen and they chose not, not to. And so your list of customers is a who's who. And it tells me everything in all of our listeners, they're competitive sales leaders. Like we are competing every single day. And so I, I I'm confident like that customer list speaks really loudly to all of us that you obviously are an expert at what you're doing. So I'm excited to dive into this. One last thing before we dive in, how'd you get started in sales? Like I'm always like, I've had hundreds of guests on the show. We've been going for a long time and I'm still looking for that person that said, yeah, Rob, I, I grew up knowing I was going to be in sales. I, mm -hmm. most people are kind of accidentally involved. They fall into it, fall in love with it and they don't want to do anything else. How'd you get started? How'd that lead you to where you are now? Yeah, I maybe I just didn't realize that sales, you know, growing up had encompassed a lot of the things that I always loved, but I always knew that I needed something that was the perfect intersection of business and creativity. I was very mm. creative growing up. Um, when I got to college, I went to BC, go Eagles. Um, Let's go. <laughs> um, we, I was a business major and a studio art minor. So, um, and even, even in that that combination of different classes, I found ways to sort of fuse them together. So it wasn't long before I realized that advertising, um, specifically that world, was that perfect combination. Um, so I started my career in account management, which, as we both know, 
has tons of sales elements in it um, yep. in itself. Um, learn the hard skills and soft skills of that and nurturing relationships, keeping clients happy and, and get, really getting to know the business. Um, it was really when I participated in a program um, that was through the four A's, which if you're in advertising world, you, you know the four A's. I called it a 14-week new business boot camp where it was wow. professionals all around the city. They split us into teams. There was a real client and we were pitching them and that Let's is where go. I got the itch um yeah we were pitching the Boston Cannons which is a professional lacrosse team um I learned a lot about lacrosse that that winter <laughs> um, but on top of just loving the whole process and the adrenaline rush of the selling aspect our team won and so I just I fell in love and that's when I moved on to a position at AMP um, on their new business team and just grew my career from there and, and really helped the, the team evolve to what it is today. I love the story on falling in love with sales by being in a competitive like training environment, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's I, yeah, I, I relate like between you and me, I'm the senior citizen here, but I have kind of my version of that. And uh, that's it was opened my eyes like this is like different than I ever thought. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So let's let's get into it. We're going to run out of time fast um, because like talking to you and getting ready for this. I, I, I'm so excited the things we're going to talk about. I want to start um, in something that I think everybody in sales, or at least a lot, will relate to. Like, I love, like, I love the Mad Men story. I love, I know there's a lot of things about that time in history that we're grateful is not part of today, but the sales scenes in that show, Mad Men, are iconic to me. I love it. Okay. And when you said to me, Rob, what I do is the closest thing to the real Don Draper that there is, like, I was like, okay. Let's go. And, uh, and and I'm so excited about that. I think that's a good way for everybody on, on this that's listening. We have 50,000 people that will be listening. I, I think that's an image that people can get behind. Mm -hmm. And to set it up, I do. I believe storytelling is one of the top two most important skills for a modern salesperson to be developing as we charge into 2023. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's two that seem to dwarf everything else. Storytelling is one of them. But for you, you're like, what are you talking about, Rob? That's the only way I've ever been able to sell, right? It's like, this is the only way I've ever sold is through storytelling. So I, I'd like to start with that. Like, why has storytelling been so important for you, both as an individual new business uh, chaser, but mm -hmm. also as a leader of people who are chasing teams? Why is storytelling so important for you? Oh, wow. I love this question. There's so many layers to it, especially in the world of ad, ad agencies. But, okay. um, you know, so end of the day, I'm I'm selling professional services, which I'm sure many of your listeners also yep. are doing the same, which is can be quite different from selling products. But specifically in especially a creative agency, I always say I'm in the business of selling people their talent, and then their ability to nurture and evolve a relationship. So in order to prove that to a prospect, you have to get them hooked and just bought in on these people that you're selling and their ideas. So that's one aspect of it. And then the second aspect is that when you are selling ideas, it 
can be forgettable so easily, even if it's a fantastic idea. So a big part of my job is not just pushing our strategists and creative teams and, and media planners to come up with some big thinking, but it's also how are we going to get this in front of the client that they're going to remember it the second they walk out the door or leave the Zoom call these days. Um, so wrapping a story around it is I would probably say 90% of my job. And then I'd say the last aspect of it is, you know, when it comes to my true sales team, I we have a small team that has to hit a very big number, but truly our entire agency is a sales team. So wow. I always tell everyone that, you know, you can have an approach and a way of storytelling, but if you're, you don't get your entire agency on board with it and understanding how to do it, it's going to fall flat. So it's it's really making sure that you're training literally everyone involved <laughs> to tell that story with you. I think everybody that's listening will relate to the idea of having to do a lot with a little. Um, I think that's a reality for a lot of people right now. I was on the phone with uh, with someone that represents a really large company. Like I'm not even going to say the company because I, I, I obvious reasons, but. Um, he was telling me that the growth number has gone up, but they've, they're one of the people who's had some pretty massive layoffs. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they're asking the people who remain to do more than they've ever done. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's a lot of people that probably connected to you and you said, Hey, over here, we're, we're at, we have a small team asking to be doing big numbers. And uh, so I like that. I, I, I like I like that. And I like how you say everybody's got to be involved. And I'm going to dive into a little more about your elements of storytelling. But I think one of the things our listeners might find really interesting is you shared with me that where you kind of got one of your best educations on the power of storytelling is when you were a spin cycling instructor. Yes. And uh, that that was like this place where you learned so much about storytelling uh, was leading these classes. Can you share that story and talk about why that was so helpful? Absolutely. Yes. I love talking about this. So first of all, um, there's the most basic part of it that I get a lot of questions asking just about how I learned how to um, get be, get good at public speaking and just be able to, you know, talk on, on my feet. And I always say, if you can yell at 50 people for 45 minutes straight, you can talk to anybody <laughs> for hours and hours, because that's, you know, really what being a fit fitness instructor is, right? Um, but on top of it, you know, you're, there's so much storytelling that happens in a fitness class, and especially cycling, you know, if you've been in, in that world in the last decade, it's, it's changed so much that people have these high expectations of an experience. So mm. you need to start creating that experience the second that they walk in the door. So one thing that I learned was even the music I'm playing as they're coming in at 5.45 in the morning and needs to set a mood. So it, I quickly realized that's that's the beginning of my story. And that's the beginning of this experience that I'm taking them on. So there's the playlisting aspect of it. And you almost want to kind of have the same story arc <laughs> of a playlist. And you don't come out of the gate with some, you know, crazy techno song that's gonna scare them away you, you got to get them kind of building up to it um and then the actual storytelling that I am saying to the class and, and coaching everyone it's really about taking them you know move by move and song by song so they're just so excited to hear what's next and then by the end it's 
45 minutes, they're sweating and, and it feels like it was two minutes. So I learned so much about how to just keep people captivated and interested and excited um, through that whole experience. Yeah, that, you said a word that I want to sit in, uh, Andy. You said two words. I've taken, I'm mean, taking my notes down here. There's two things you said that I think tie together. It's a really important maybe philosophical discussion before we get into the how-to. I think the philosophy of why you do things is as important, if not more important on how you do what you do, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing that I wrote down is you said you want to be memorable after you leave. And I, I have believed for a long time that pitches are forgotten almost instantly, mm -hmm. but experiences are what make you legendary, right? And that's what, like all things considered, I like to be legendary whenever possible. And the second thing you said was you got to create an experience, so I like this idea of using experiences to create something that's memorable, using experiences. So like, they're like, that was different. That, that was something I won't forget. Like, can you like talk a little bit about the importance of creating experiences rather than just having words? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that everything that you just said, now that a lot of our pitches are over video and virtual is mm. just so much more important because on top of wanting it to be memorable no matter what now you have clients that have the ability to multitask and turn off their camera and not necessarily you know be really engaged so finding a way to bring them on this journey and keeping them in the whole time is all the more important so in terms of memorable you know I always say to my team, our goal should be that they walk out and a week later they say, oh yeah, that's the agency that blank and figuring out that blank is what we work toward every time. Um, and then the journey part of it is, you know, and I, I listened to a lot of your other interviews that you had with different storytelling experts and a lot of them talk about a hook. And I, I totally agree with that, but I'd say my added note to that is a hook that carries all the way through that meeting, that presentation, that story. So they just don't forget it. Um, mm. So when we're working on a plan, um, those are kind of the two elements that we're thinking of. So when we're talking with all the different people we have that are gonna be in this meeting is what is this one common bond that we can then add that extra added element, whether it's showmanship or just the way that we present that idea that's going to keep that client captivated through the whole experience. That I like. Now we're planning, like planning an experience because a salesperson, I don't care if they're selling uh, an advertising uh, or a brand management solution or, or what we want to transform, how people see you and they feel what they experience for you. Or if you're selling tech or a piece of software or whatever you're selling, you're selling what the future looks like with this person. You're not just solving, you know, I, 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 I think today it's about attaching to priorities. It's not just, I have some fun in my speeches. Like I talk about hip hop artists, what they teach us in 1990s vanilla. I said, if there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it. And you, you go out <laughs> looking for problems, you could win. But Jay-Z taught us now people got 99 problems, but your pitch ain't one, okay? <laughs> and and um, and so we gotta be attached to priorities. And I like how you're talking about create an experience that identifies it, like goes through the drama of it. And it comes up with this solution of everybody's in, in there. They're not just saying, this is my thing. They're all part of this the word I want to use is choreography. Is that a bad word or is that an okay word to use? 
That's a great word to use. Very and very much we talk about it more like an orchestra and coming together and in, in sync very much. All right. So before we get into your approach to doing it, I want to talk a little bit more about why it matters, because I, I I appreciate what you shared on what like as a starter. But I think the why of this is so important. I don't want people to just look at storytelling as a hack or a mm -hmm. silver bullet. I, I'm this big believer that how you do things is maybe more important than what, you know, like not necessarily how the why you do it is more important than the tactic you use like that. Why? Mm -hmm. And I think that storytelling does done right can give you a lot of things. But the one that I keep thinking about that I wanted to like chop it up with you a little bit before we dove into your approach is I think that if you do storytelling right, you create credibility is I think that's what you get. You get almost instant credibility because in a world where everybody's pitching and everybody's trying to put their best foot forward, storytelling like removes a lot of the guesswork and a lot of the BS. And if you do it right, you can give people what I like to call like reason to believe. Mm -hmm. Thoughts around credibility. Like what do you get? Are there other things besides that that you like? Or is that like one of the reasons that it's so important to do that? Absolutely. I think the, the credibility piece from my perspective is the client is giving us credibility that we get them and that we understand their problems and we can solve them. And, you know, especially in a pitch setting where, yeah, we are competing against anything from five to 15 agencies and then it's narrowed down, it's down to us and, and two others. And they're really deciding between, you know, one, one to three absolutely amazing, talented agencies where everybody's smart. Everybody has the relevant case study, but it's the storytelling of our experience and of our solutions that's going to make them walk away and remember it and therefore then say, they can do what I need them to do. And I'd grab a beer with them. <laughs> Let's go. So you said something else that I'm sorry, like you're saying some things that really are getting my attention. Three words we get them, or maybe if we flip it around, like you make, sounds like your purpose that you want that gives you the credibility is amp gets me or Andy gets me. Mm -hmm. And so that I almost like, I'm thinking that's gonna be the title of our episode is creating. They get me moments. Mm -hmm. is, is that what you're trying to create? 100%. And it's, and it's interesting. And in, in my role, um, being again, selling kind of other people's talent and knowing that I'm, I'm on the business development side, I'm, I'm not going to be running the business if we were to win it. You know, I, I play an interesting role in the room. I almost don't want to talk too much, you know, because I'm trying to sell, sell my team. So my goal leading up to that big presentation or that big meeting is gathering as much information as possible to fuel my team and build that story around. Mm, that's really, really smart, actually, um, that I hadn't thought of. If you take too big of a role, they're going to think it's going to come down to your personal involvement rather than the involvement of the others. And that's going to create all kinds of challenges for you, right? It's a fine balance. I have to, I have to yeah. Play. And you know what? I think salespeople and other things have the same problem. I I do. Like when I'm when I'm working with people who want to hire my group for coaching of their of their of their their sales leaders. Early on, when my company was young, it was just me. But now that I've grown and I got other certified coaches of people that want to do this, um, people are now saying, "Am I getting you, or am I getting one of your people?" That's like the, a very common question. Mm -hmm. And um, I could see I could see why you said that. So that's really smart, like storytelling 
the story of your people. This is a perfect transition because I was going to talk about like, are there types of stories that you have to tell? And we'll get there. Maybe the right thing that we should talk about is um, for you personally at AMP Agency, your success, your failure depends on your ability to tell stories that matter and stories of given reason to believe, but not just in AMP, but in the approach AMP will bring, I'm going to guess, and the people. So how do you do that? I think it's a good time to start to get into your like, raw materials, your building blocks, as you're crafting this story, how do you do that? Because I think that your approach is going to be relevant to people no matter what they sell. Yeah. So I'd say that first aspect of it is kind of what I already said, the information gathering and the homework, right? So that starts with that very first initial phone call um, or engagement with that prospect. Um, and sometimes that's just, you know, a quick Zoom call. Sometimes that's a meeting in person. And a lot of times it's just me and the client, right? So that's when I'm, it's their first time ever learning anything about AMP, but I actually don't really care about that. I mm -hmm. want I want to be the therapist. I want to listen as much as possible and learn as much about them. Um, you know, my, my boss, he probably doesn't even remember this, but years and years ago, he once gave me a tip and he said, embrace the awkward silence <laughs> where, you know, it, it's okay if you're not talking in every single moment and every, that every moment is filled with something. If you're silent, they'll talk more, which then just reminded me of like being in therapy. And it's so true. So, you know, in, in those first touch points, I'm trying to, you know, get to know them. And also, of course, build the relationship with them and on a personal level and, you know, relate to them in two ways as a person. And then um, as our agency understands their business. So I want to walk away from that, trying to understand everything about their business, their challenges and who they are as a person that, that I can then relay to my team. The second aspect is all. You go. Can we talk about that really fast? Yeah. 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 Um... Like, I, I think this is really important, like this concept of being a therapist, this concept of having awkward silence, but it's not, it's not as simple as just show up and say, tell me what you care about. Like in the sales world, like in the early 2000s, there was like this in vogue training to go and say, hey, tell me what keeps you up at night. And if you say that now, I think that's reason enough to get thrown out. Mm -hmm. uh, how important is it for you to have like basic understanding or even form a hypothesis that starts to quit the conversation? Like any thoughts around like, how do you get people to willingly want to give you that information? Because just showing up and asking questions, I don't think is good enough. Yeah. And, you know, you end up talking to a lot of brands that maybe they don't even really know how to verbalize their business challenges. So you know, many times I'll start out those touch points or those calls with just just asking about their own history with the company and their role and how they've seen the company evolve. Um, and that's where you kind of start to pull out pieces. Um, and many times, you know, they're they're coming from a specific team, whether it's the their brand social media team, or maybe they're maybe they're even the head of sales for a brand. So other things that I'm looking for is what are their KPIs? You know, what are they being measured against in their own role? Um, so that ends up always getting them talking for sure. And I can start to build sort of theories. And then when it is my turn to talk, what I like to try and bring to them is AMP's experience that is going to check the box for them. So for example, if, if they're, you know, a CPG company that's trying to go from retail to D to C, I'm going to bring up a, a quick story or a quick case study about 
an, another CPG client that we've done the same for and helped them raise sales by 10x and how we did it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to regurgitate stories back to them that's going to help them make them feel comfortable and that I understand what they're talking about. And then we can start to evolve the conversation from there. I really think that's important because I think in the modern sales world, it's table stakes to know something about them. Like Sam McKenna, one of my favorite voices, one of my favorite sales, she she has the thing that she's responsible for. It's called show me, you know me. She has a whole has, hashtag around show me, you know me. And, and that the more you can show them that you kind of, because I think that you're right. We're in a world of trying to create, I get you moments. And in order to have someone that say, I get you, you have to know me. And the sooner they can feel that, the more, and the more you know, the more they'll share, right? Like if you come from square zero with nothing, it's like, what's like, I get tired even thinking about it. So I, I like that you talk with that. I think that level of preparedness, I think that's table stakes. And I think that we can't just show up. I think we have to show up prepared. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's get into your second one. My second one is, so then I've, I've gathered my information. I come up with my hypotheses about this client and, you know, and sometimes it's more informal, you know, there's no RFP and they're just looking for ideas and sometimes more, you know, obviously competitive and um, I have more organized information. Regardless, I'm, I work with my sales team um, in putting together what we call our dream pitch team. And that's people from all around our agency. And we're thinking about, you know, okay, do they have direct category experience? Do they have direct business challenge experience? Personality? Are they going to mesh with this person? We're thinking about all these aspects. And that's, and then that's who our team is going to be from day one all the way to getting into that pitch room. So it's it's kind of a combination of making sure we have the right smarts, but also the right chemistry in the room. So let me now blend these two. So when you're doing number one and understanding, I'm guessing you're finding out what that priority looks like. Like what are the things that leads to the win. Like, what are the things you're going to prioritize? What are the things that are most important? And that's going to help you put that dream team together. True or false? We always, in in our new business um, briefs, we have what we call our ways to win. And we have three things that we bring to the table. And you say, based on what we know to date, these are the three ways that we are going to come out strong and win over this client. Is there like any tips you could share? Like, I'm going to guess I'm going to guess there's a lot of skill in making sure you have the right three priorities on what it's going to take to win. And it's probably never as easy as saying to the client, hey, uh, you know, tell me what it takes to win. I think you have to derive those. Maybe you have to confirm those. Like, have you ever found people make assumptions and what you thought was the gateway to win that you prepared around and you sold to turns out you got it wrong. Is there any like, like thoughts around that? Because I think that's going to be really important. The better you are at finding those priorities, the more likely that dream team will work for you. Yes. Yes. That's, that's something that we have lots of (laughs) times that we have failed and, and we fail forward. We learn from it. Um, Yeah. You know, I'd say a good example of that is, especially in our world, we're we're going after clients in all different industries. And there's a lot of times where from those first initial touch points, we feel like we walked away thinking the client wants us to show we, we have so much category experience. And yep. then at the end, the agency that won 
had zero category experience. And that, that was a mm. myth there, you know? So um, what that's a huge tip that I always, tr always try and give, and this is really hard, but trying to scope out the competition and trying, you know, knowing what you're going to be up against ends up also leading you to an, another ways to win. Because if you know you're competing against a few other agencies or, you know, a few other companies that all have X and you don't, then you need to come up with your Y to compete with them. So when you have members of your sales team tell you these are the three ways to win, do you ever like challenge that and say, how do we know that? You're like, how, Any tips on how you confirm that? Is that like, I'm really interested in that because that that affects everyone. If you could leave every discovery call or information call or whatever with clarity, these are the drivers. Um, because I know I miss those things. I, everybody misses those things. And I, I have, a th you can see I want to sit in it because I found that your ability to ascertain those and get confirmation on those, if you get that right, then you can do the other stuff you're talking about. But boy, if you get those wrong, you're going to tell stories about the things that aren't the drivers. And so uh, I, I just know that it's easy to make assumptions. And that's why I want to sit in one last, like, do you find yourself pushing back a little bit and saying like, like any ways that you like any tips that you'd say, here's how you know if you actually have it or not. Any, any, any thoughts around that? It's definitely not rocket science, but I will say, yes, I, I'll push back, but I'll even challenge myself in that moment saying, are, are, yeah. are you sure, you know, and you can only, you can only be as sure as you can be. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of times I will ask, how, how did, how did you come to that conclusion, you know, and many times it is just from that one phone call, that one conversation they had, you know, okay. there's a way to go that extra layer of sometimes stalking a little bit, but making some hypotheses based off of what you can find out in research, you know, we might be going after a client that um, says that they really want to switch to a small agency. Um, and, you know, we we're kind of a, a midsize agency. So we'll, we'll play to, <laughs> we'll play to what that client needs, but we might easily be able to see just through different tools or through LinkedIn that, well, they have worked with small agencies in the past, maybe five years ago, you know, so there might be something to dig into a little bit more there. And that's what I try and push the team to do. All right. So you're going to know the info. You're going to confirm the priorities. You're going to build that dream pitch team. You're going to get everybody aligned. Then what? Then it's about building that big story. And in, you know, in agency world, there's Sometimes you only get that first touch point and then that final presentation. Sometimes there are nice touch points and tissue sessions in between, but let's just let's just say nine times out of 10, then you have your, your dream team and all you're doing is workshopping, building the story and getting ready for that big meeting. Um, and that's when kind of those, my I have sort of my three key things that go into my let's story. Let's hit it. Yeah, let's go. Let's hit it. I can't wait. I, I, the reason I'm saying is I've realized I've sat too long. We're only down to like our 15 or 20 minutes left. And I want to make sure we hit these. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Three key elements when we get to this point that when we are working toward that final presentation or meeting. Number one, make the client the main character. We've already hit on this a lot and how you do that. Um, but when you're bringing it to that final meeting or that big presentation, that's when it's really all coming together. And that can start from the moment you enter the room and start the meeting. You know, um, we've a lot of our 
biggest opportunities come through these third-party search consultants that the brand hires and they run the whole process. Um, and we have one that we work with a lot that I love, Mercer Island Group, Stephen Robin. They're they're just excellent, great cool. and great storytelling guiders. If you need anybody, um, they they once gave us um, gave me a tip of coming up with they called a mutual agenda with the client, um, where you essentially when you're doing your intros and maybe like shooting the shit <laughs> at the beginning, you ask the clients what they want to get out of today, and even though you can't change your presentation at that point, if you've done your homework along the way. Everything that they say in that first moment of what they want to get out of today, you should be able to say that's that's what our agenda is. And you can even whiteboard it and it should follow your exact presentation because you know exactly what they want to get out of that meeting. So they already feel like they're the star from day one. My second one is I say, take them on a journey. This is where I say that hook and that thread that is so important, um, you know, and this is something that it you you can't replicate. You have you do have to really start from scratch every single time because you're going to be telling a different story with a different solution, a different idea to every client you talk to, and that's where you know I'd say the biggest. <laughs> this sounds so simple, but outline, outline, outline. <laughs> is the biggest piece of building out that journey. Um, you know, we have, our team has post-it notes where we have every single idea that we want to get in front of them. And we, you know, I remember once where we had a big learning, we had the feedback that we got. Um, our presentation was tactic vomit because <laughs> it was just wow. idea, idea, idea. We had so many ideas and what we didn't do was figure out that hook and thread that threaded all these ideas together and brought them on a story. So that's, that's really the biggest piece of um, building it all together. Then the third piece is showmanship. Um, And I do think this doesn't just relate to advertising agencies. This is for any type of salesperson and showmanship does not have to be cheesy. It doesn't have to be this big pitch theater thing. It's just, it's just that third element to me that will make our goal come true of, of the client saying, oh, that's the agency that did that. You know, we, my best example is we had a pitch for um, a higher ed company and the product that they were trying to launch that we were putting campaign around was very, very focused on Gen Z. So it was really fun. Um, And, you know, we, we had so many different cool ideas that you could put on TikTok and all, all the things that Gen Z loves these days um, that I, I was nervous about the tactic vomit. (laughs) feedback. So, you know, on top of figuring out the thread of the story, I said, you need to sell these ideas with character. And of course we were on video. So I had one creative that, um, and he's think, think very lumberjack looking and and very dry sense of humor. He did one of those, Oh no, you didn't snaps when he, (laughs) when he told his idea. Let's go. (laughs) That was, that was followed by one of our copywriters where she, um, she read out loud the meme that she had designed in the voice of Jennifer Coolidge. Like we just had so much character that went along with the theme and the, and the color of the pitch that the client was like, they were laughing and, and, there were probably tons of things that they walked away saying, I'll always remember that about AMP. <laughs> so th- those three, make them the main I character. I love those. Take them on a journey, showmanship. 
So we have 10 minutes and I want to make sure I leave a little time to have you tell people how to get in touch with you, et cetera. <clears throat> I love this framework. I, I love your approach to, to putting stories together. Um, what I'm thinking right now, and I want to get your thoughts on this, and I think this is really genuinely, gen, gen, generally applicable to all sales types, whether it's tech or non-tech or finance or whatever. You're, you strike me as you share this, um, Andy, as an author. Like you're choosing like what story are you going to write? And I don't know if you know the author, um, Kurt Vonnegut, and he's an American author that wrote Cat's Cradle and a bunch of others. And he's no longer with us, but he had this idea in the 70s that you could predict the success of a story based on like the shape of it, like the ups and the downs and how it goes. It's really interesting. Like I, I use it for training sometimes. And it turns out they did his thesis when we got better computing power and they tracked thousands of stories and they found the number one most successful story type follows the pattern of Cinderella. And, and you start in this problem and it gets worse. Dad dies. Now I'm the servant for the step sisters and stepmother. And then it goes up, up, up. I get to have the dance with the prince. And then all of a sudden the clock strikes 12. It goes down, down, down. And then the prince gets serious about uh, uh, whose foot fits the glass slipper. And then it goes off the charts to infinite happiness at the end. Mm -hmm. And turns out that story shape is the number one most successful story shape. And you compare it to like the story of Oedipus. And when I ask people, do you know the story of Oedipus? They're like, I don't even know who that is. And I'm like, yeah, see what I'm talking about? And, <laughs> and, and, and you don't even know because that one is cursed forever when you gouge your eyes out. And mm -hmm. Cinderella is infinite happiness with different struggles along the way. Am I oversimplifying it to say, I want you to be an author and I want you to like create stories that have moments that matter and mm -hmm. take us to an endpoint that people, A, are excited about, but B, it doesn't feel like a fairy tale. You've mm -hmm. given me reasons to believe. I'm, I'm trying to simplify it like that. Is, am I simplifying that, oversimplifying it, or am I on the right track? No, yeah, I love that. I might even use that because when you sway away from that is when you lose the audience, you know, that I, as, as you were kind of explaining that and saying, you know, you, you kind of lead up to the big moment. That's exactly what we are doing. And in a, oh, we've gotten feedback and we've had a lot of learnings of maybe spending too much time in the upfront leading, leading, leading. And they're like, just get to it already, you know? Mm. It's almost like that the clock strikes midnight or, or that big moment. It happens very specifically at that time, not too late or not too early, right? Um, so in even in um, a lot of initial conversations where you end up presenting a capability stack or, or something like that, you're spending too much time on you know facts and figures about the agency and things that don't matter that aren't part of that perfect lead-in. So yeah, I love that. I'm going to use it. So here's my other question that goes along with that. I'm trying to be fast. I, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be asking you to come back in a few months. Okay. So get ready for that. So I knew I was going to run out of time with you, Andy. Do you need to have shorter, like when you said that, it reminded me, you said, get to the point, get to the point. Is a great thread, is it a, is it a combination of shorter stories almost like a Quentin Tarantino movie where he's known for like having four, three or four things going on and they all come together at the end. Are there like smaller, shorter, like 90 second, you know, three, five minute stories instead of this long pitch? Like, 
do you need to have shorter stories for different purposes, like the way you introduce yourself or the way you overcome concerns or the way that you demonstrate point A or point B? Like, do you need to like nest stories together? Uh, yes, definitely. And that also, it, you know, comes with the territory of bringing in different subject matter experts ah. in the agency that they need, they each have a separate point that, of course, again, all threads into the same story, but they have different goals that they're trying to reach with the client in their, what we'll call mini stories. So our lead-in for a 90% of the time is our research and strategy, which needs to do, which needs to check a few boxes. One, we did a lot of research and homework in the last few weeks. We didn't just dilly dally, you know, twiddle our thumbs. And mm -hmm. we're going to tell you some things that you already know, but we're just checking the box. We know your business. And then we're going to start to show you things that we uncovered that you might not know. And then we're going to start to uncover things that you might not know that led us to this light bulb. So it's these little mini stories that for the clients, like, okay, yep. Oh, wow. Oh, and then that big unveil. So very much it's little pockets that then lead into that, that big moment. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing for our listeners to hear is it's not like the one thing it's, it's these stories along the way. And I think that that makes it important to keep those fresh, right? Like if you want 2023 success, you better have 2023 stories around all of those things that support this overall uh, happy ending, I guess, that I guess I don't have a better name for it. I should think about a better name for it, but it's happily ever after. That's better. They live happily ever after. You want to create those happily ever after moments, right? And and I'm guessing that, I'm guessing you're very intentional about updating those stories and keeping those crafted and shared. And can, what can leaders do to help the reps on their team do that? That's, I think that's a good thing to spend a minute on. And then we'll give you a few more minutes. We're out of time. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, for us, it's never the same. Every single pitch, every single okay. sales story, you know, we 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 try and figure out what's something new that we can uncover. Now, I know this might not be applicable to every type of sales team or every, you know, for every industry, but that research element you can go a long way. Um, and when we talk, when we say real time uncovering insights and research, I'm talking we might conduct a, a quick survey for consumers the day before the pitch to get some quick hits on how they think about that brand. Um, oh, I like that. There, As of yesterday, here's what we learned. Yeah, that's cool. Quite literally. Yeah. yeah. So at the very least, you know, you're showing the client, you know, maybe it's something they have heard before, but at least you're also showing that extra mile that you're, you're trying to uncover as much recent insights as possible. Okay, we are, this this was crazy. Um, I can't believe how fast it went. I, I want to give you a couple minutes, and then we'll give you a chance to kind of wrap up your thoughts. You're gonna have a few people, I'm sure. We got a lot of people that are gonna find this really helpful, really interesting, and and I I really wish that we had more time on this because I feel like we just scratched the surface. You, you're you're awesome. How do people get a hold of you? How do they get in touch with you? How do they learn more about what AMP has to offer? How how if they want to like pick the mind, the brain of like an elite storyteller teller like yourself. How do they do that? How, how do they get more? Yeah. Uh, best ways LinkedIn. You can find me Andy Jewett. That's A-N-D-I-E. I'm not <clears throat> spell it differently. I'm creative that way. Um, we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes too. We'll okay. link to that in the show notes. 
Awesome. Ampagency.com. If you reach out um, via our website, I'm the one who answers it. <laughs> so, um, or, or my team. So that's also a great way to get in touch. Um, I, you know, I'll, I'll add Instagram and ET Jewett, but that's just if you want to see a lot of photos of my toddler and my dog, <laughs> but I'll answer that too. Let's go. This, this was fun. Like <clears throat> now that we have our last couple of minutes here, any final thoughts to nearly 50,000 people that are leading sales teams that are needing to be storytellers there? They're hearing storytelling all the time. You know, any thoughts on, you know, if you want to be good at storytelling, here's a cut, you know, do this, don't do that. Any final thoughts that you might give to, to wrap this up and send people off to the greatest year of their career? Sure. So I'll I'll give the same advice that I give to a lot of our newer sales um, team members that that join our team. The first thing that I say is do everything you possibly can to avoid bringing up the present your presentation deck in the first call. Try and avoid it. That's my mm -hmm. that's my first tip. Puts more on on the client to talk and give you knowledge and again set them up to be your main character. Um, second one, I know I said this earlier, but get your whole organization to be salespeople and storytellers, not just your sales team. Mm. Uh, and then the third one I would say is, is definitely that showmanship and figure out ways to give your sales team life and personality. So they're not just so fixated on the clients thinking, okay, this company understands my business. It's also this person understands me. All right. This was awesome. Her name is Andy Jewett. She's the SVP of, of biz development for the, for AMP agency, one of the top agencies in the world. And, and what I love is she's an expert at moving past I got you and creating I get you moments for some of the, 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 the biggest organizations in the world. And she shared a framework that will help you and the teams you lead create experiences that leave people with they get me moments. And if we can all create more I get you, they get me moments. You have, you have nothing but more success in front of you. Andy, thank you for being willing to share. Thank you for giving us an hour of your time. Thank you for like opening up the curtains on what leads to elite stories. And as I say to everybody, happy selling and good luck. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. It's 2023. And to achieve 2023 performance, you're going to need 2023 systems. Don't use the systems from 2020 or 2021 or even 2022 if you think you're going to get where you want to be in 2023. 2023 performance is going to require 2023 systems. And I think there's 12 systems every sales leader needs to keep current. And that's not easy. That's why having access to the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world will be so important. That's why I created Sales Leadership United. Think of Sales Leadership United as a home depot for sales leaders. There's everything you need to take your sales leadership game up and create e elite impact with those you lead. Sales leadership systems, sales meeting systems, sales coaching systems, sales recruiting systems, sales forecasting systems, deal coaching systems, mindset coaching systems, and more. I'm talking about proven frameworks that are ready for you to use immediately. 
video insights from this episode with Andy and dozens of other elite sales leaders worldwide, a private podcast for members only and weekly updates on what I'm seeing other sales leaders use and do to create elite impact with the teams they lead. Listen, people join Sales Leadership United because of the depth uh, and just the breadth of all of these sales leadership assets. But they tell me that the reason that they stay is because I keep the tools so current, so relevant, and so immediately applicable. So don't reinvent sales leadership. And don't get stale holding on to systems and tools of the past. You can find Sales Leadership United on Patreon and for less than the cost of one lunch, you can invest in yourself in a way that will supercharge your sales leadership journey. Tap into the tools, the trainings, and the techniques used by some of the most successful sales leaders in the world and check out Sales Leadership United today. Listen, I'm a fan of that show, Mad Men. And I know there's a lot of things that happen in that period of time that are not okay. But the sales scenes where Don Draper did his thing, to me, those were iconic. So when I was introduced to Andy, I was really intrigued because as she says, her life is as close to the sales scenes of Don Draper as it gets. But what made me realize I had to have her on the show was the fact that the only way she can sell successfully is through storytelling. And there's no secret that storytelling is big. In fact, I think it's one of the top two skills that sales teams in 2023 need to double down on and improve on. And I've had some great storytelling guests I'd encourage you to go re-listen to, like Don Yeager. He's the former editor of Sports Illustrated who gave us a killer framework for storytelling. Simon Sinek calls Don the number one storyteller of our generation. So we'll listen to that again. Ravi Regini is the number one coach for storytelling in sales. He was a recent guest. His episode was incredible. His work is incredible. The episode here has been well-received by so many. Go listen to that one again if you missed it. But Andy, Andy's the first practicing active sales leader I've had on the show that opened up and shared how she shared, sounds like a, a tongue twist, twister, how she uh, uses stories to sell. Okay, so she's sharing how she uses stories to sell successfully, but also how she uses stories to help lead successfully. And so this was a totally different point of view on storytelling. I hope you found it helpful. I hope you found it as insightful as I did because I've used some of her, her advice already with great success. Listen, the reason storytelling is so important is it gives you credibility faster than anything else can. It, it can, if done correctly, give you instant credibility. And as Andy shared, it's super important for us to create a common bond around something that matters. It can't be a common bond around something that doesn't matter, but we got to create common bonds around things that matter. And, and these common bonds have to create, I get you, or what's more important, they get me moments. You know, you don't want to say, oh yeah, I get you. You need them to say, Andy gets me, or Rob gets me, or whoever gets me. And stories will do that faster, more authentically, and in a deeper, more meaningful way than anything else will. And I think Andy's approach is interesting to look at, specifically because it's coming from someone who is selling every single day. And so if you look at it, again, her steps, number one, I think is the one that's most important, be a therapist. The two things that, you, that uh, I hope you get from this conversation she had with me is to expect an awkward silence so you can therefore embrace it. Uh, that, that old Simon and Garfunkel song, the sound of silence, um, hope that you have that come. You want them to be thinking, you know, silence doesn't mean they're bored or that you're boring silence. After you've asked 
introspective questions or questions based on a hypothesis that you've developed, when you get a, a silence, embrace that. That means what you're doing is working. Okay. Let people think, but the most important thing to get in place is confirmation on what the actual priorities are. I love that she brought that up. You have to confirm the priorities. You got to do more than identify problems. I've mentioned this before. One of the things I've done in my keynotes and some of my training is those lessons from hip hop. You got to move past vanilla ice. You know, if there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it to learning from Jay-Z that says, I got 99 problems and your pitch ain't one. Okay. You got to make sure your pitch is connected to a priority. It's not enough to be connected to a problem anymore. You must learn what the priorities are. I love that her whole framework is centered on understanding and most importantly, confirming the priorities. Okay. So what does that mean? That means you got to understand what they are, but more important, you got to understand why they're a priority. You got to know they need to know that you have spent your time learning priorities, understanding priorities, and more important, why these import priorities are so important to create solutions for now. Because that's what's going to fuel Andy's steps number two and three that she was so gracious to share with us. Because once you understand the priorities as a colleague and not as a vendor, someone who gets them, then you can assemble step two, and that's the dream team she speaks of, and you can do it with a purpose. You can actually let the client know why this member of the team is there. If you can introduce each member of the team as, you said you needed this, and that's why we brought this. You said you needed this, that's why we brought this. That's way different than I'd like to introduce so-and-so that does this or so-and-so that does this. No, you wanted this, that's why this is here. That's so much more powerful. Um, you, know, you needed X, so we're bringing you Y. That's a level of insight that your competitors most likely won't bring. And, and then you can create that bespoke, tailor-made team specifically for you and your priorities that you're addressing. And at that point, you finish with the story. You create the moments that matter. And as I listened to Andy, I couldn't help but think about a legendary American author, Kurt Vonnegut. He wrote books like Cat's Cradle, Slaughterhouse-Five, Breakfast of Champions, and more. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you haven't. Uh, he was a legendary writer in the 70s into the early 80s. And in the 70s, he suggested that you could predict the success of a story based on the shape of the moments in the story. You know, he said every story has positive shapes and negative shapes. Positive shapes can be wealth, health, sickness, happiness, all kinds of stuff like that. Negative shapes can be death, sickness, failure, betrayal, more. Uh, he believed that you could take these moments and input them into a computer as computers were becoming very popular in the late 70s and early 80s. And, and he thought you could graph the story shape and ultimately use the shape of those moments to predict the success of the story. He even petitioned the university to do a dissertation on this to, to earn a PhD. It was denied. But after his death in the early 2000s, computing power was much stronger and another group of students tried to do the very same dissertation again. And this time it was accepted. And the results were incredible. In fact, as a sales leader, my advice is go search up. You're a Google search away from Gert Kurt Vonnegut and the moments that matter. Learn about this research because it has everything to do with leadership and it has everything to do with sales around creating and engineering moments that matter. Turns out there are only 12 story shapes that were ones that stood the test of time. Some are always successful. Some are rarely successful. In fact, I turned a train. I, I built a training around this that's available in Sales Leadership United. If, if you want to learn more about it, I've called it Moments That Matter. 
But the takeaway on this is that you got to be authors with your clients. You got to write stories that have happily ever after moments. You got to take them through the experiences where they see themselves as the hero and the problem as the villain and ultimately helping them triumph triumphing professionally, triumphing personally, triumphing most, maybe most importantly, predictably. And stories are the best vehicle to do this. So my advice, go create, I get you moments. And better yet, do them in a way where the customer says, she or he gets me. Create those, they get me moments. Help those you lead create those moments. And then you're gonna find your win rates go up. And then you're gonna find your sales cycle time start coming down. And your customer experience is gonna change almost immediately because you've created moments that matter. And if you do, you'll create so many new happily ever, moment, happily ever after moments for those you lead, as well as for those you sell to. So Andy, thank you so much for joining me. This was such an awesome and such a timely episode. I love your energy, I love your insight, and I love your approach to storytelling in sales and in leadership. Thanks for sharing your blueprint for success, and thank you for your willingness to open up the playbook for sales leaders all around the world. My advice is to connect with Andy, reach out to her, follow her. Listen, I've put the links in the show notes to make it easy for you to get everything Andy can give you and help you in your leadership journey. So, so be sure to do that, and then be sure to check out Sales Leadership United to get the video segments of my conversation with Andy. You'll want to use those for sure. Finally, I want to thank each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you can give is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. If you're comfortable, leave us a review on iTunes. And you can really support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people you lead. If you liked this message, please share it this week with someone who needs to hear it. Get after it this week because life is short. You've got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. Maximize what you do today. Be elite, live strong, and chase your passions. Do your best work so you can live your best life and never forget that you've got this and I've got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.